0: You're listening to audio from the Portland Church. If you would like to check out more resources or donate to our ministry, please visit www.portlandchurch.org.
1: Welcome. It's wonderful to, to be with all of you today. Um, welcome to the Portland Church of Christ. Uh, we've got some wonderful things to do together today. Um, you know, I we miss you all so much, and um, I know you're missing each other very much. But these times together, where we can do the same thing at the same time, we can come together and have communion together, and hear wonderful friends speak to us from across the states together, um, it's just such a great time. So, I just uh, wanted to welcome you to this time, and you know, we've got good news here in the Portland Church. It's like our people are getting healthier. The ones that have been in the hospital are out, The, the even family members that are at a distance um, of our members, they're getting better. And uh, we've just heard so much encouraging news this week. And so we're really glad for that and we're rejoicing with you, and I know that some of you still have family that is suffering and is having a hard time, and some of you are still really afraid. I mean, it's such a crazy time, so we just want you to know that we really are in this together, that we really want to be there for one another. I've been so impressed with the church and the serving and the giving and people delivering things to people's houses and ringing the doorbell and running and, you know, bringing medicine and food. And it's just, it's been really, really encouraging to watch the love. And so I hope that you're enjoying the, the The time together while we're apart, that we're actually getting to know each other better. We're having Bible talks over Zoom, um, and so hopefully you're having some good talks and time together that way as well. So, anyway, we love you so much, and we're so excited. I'm gonna let Steve introduce our guests today, but I'm excited to have them as well. But um, I wanted to um, begin us today with a prayer. Father, thank you so much for your Son. I mean, you have proven your love so dynamically in our lives, and we're so grateful. You're the one who's able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask, or all we can imagine. And Father, we just are asking and imagining, and we know that you are going to do even more. We pray that you'd be with the hurting world, we pray that you'd be with those that are working so hard to keep things going and to help others. Father, we pray that you'd be with those that are struggling and suffering and hurting right now that are in mourning. Father, we pray that you would really bring us together through this mode, Father, that you would help to really um, fill us up, fill us up with your love, fill us up with your light, and help us to shine that light out into our communities, our neighbors, and even just within our homes, Father. Pray that you would... um, Help us to love you more deeply and completely. We pray, Father, that we would just trust you during this time, especially. We love you, and we pray that you'd be with this service today and this time to worship you together. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. I also want to say hi to everybody. It's uh, good to see you. I am very blessed that the Lord has uh, for so long, giving me the kind of of job that my days are mostly full of talk with talking to people. And uh, during this time, it's been no exception. If anything, I've had an opportunity to talk even more and uh, and hopefully to follow James admonition and listen. Uh, but uh, from the time I get up until the time I go to bed, most days it's, it's filled with uh, with spending time. With some of you uh, and with some brothers and sisters from across the country with some folks outside our congregation uh, some some of our uh, if not brethren some of our cousins uh, who right now are involved in uh, so many activities trying to help people who are suffering as a result of the pandemic and some of them really suffering more than they're usually suffering Uh, one of the folks i got to spend some time with uh, on the phone the other day and then uh, went over to the building and had had the uh, correct six foot of of social distancing, Uh, but it was Donya, who is our uh, sort of liaison and one of the uh, ministry people at the Highland Christian Center, and uh, they do a food bank uh, every Friday at their church building. All of you that are with us here in Portland know where it is. Uh, That's our new place of meeting. We got to meet there one time uh, before... Uh, The world changed, but uh, long enough uh, to make really good friends there. They usually have 10 volunteers at their food bank. Uh, uh, The Oregon uh, uh, Food Bank delivers uh, tons of food there every Friday, and uh, they distribute it to people that go there for food. And I just want to share with uh, our brothers and sisters, for you and for anyone you might know, who is able to do any volunteer work, I I know as the weeks have gone by, it's gotten a little bit more difficult for some of our volunteers. And I realized that uh, it's it's a challenge sometimes. Uh, but they said if we have anybody who would like to help on Friday from nine to noon, uh, they could use the help. They usually have 10 volunteers. There were three there uh, when I visited and spent some time with them. And so if anybody has uh, is looking for something and you're free on Fridays from nine to 12, when we talk about being all in this together, I, I have uh, thanked that group, uh, especially. They've been so kind to us in the limited amount of time we've got to know them. And, uh, you know, even with our rent and things like that, they, they, I said, listen, we want to help you any way we can. You've been so good to us. And they said, well, just, just give us half of what you'd usually give us if you can. And we said, uh, well, we're going to do whatever we can. And and then uh, the food bank thing came up. And so if we got any volunteers, or if you know anybody that needs food, send them that way. They're handing out food to people who are showing up in need. And so uh, I won't go through the address. Folks here in the area know where I'm talking about. But that's just one of the uh, the blessings that, uh, that I've seen this week of people, you know, people trying to help others, uh, people that are you know, opening, in that case, opening their door to folks that are needing food. And I already know uh, that we've got a lot of folks in our congregation that are helping with some of the kids that are at home, that are, are struggling, that usually get meals at schools. Uh, I know that uh, a number of you uh, are, are doing as much as you can. Uh, but I wanted to share that about the, the food bank over there. And, uh, and I want to share about our Uh, guests who are here with us today we're going to go straight into communion here in just a minute but uh speech and yolanda thomas uh, are with us from atlanta go ahead and say wait wait let's let's highlight speech and yolanda for a second uh it's so good to see you uh week before last uh my father passed away and uh, this last week there's just been such an outpouring of love and and uh and condolences and i know uh, Dad always said he like Dad. You were like a son to Dad, uh, and my family loves your family, loved your family. Uh, Dad would often say he liked you better than he liked me. What Dad? What Dad would always say? He would say, "Steve, you are the most unique person I know, except for speech. He's more unique." And then uh, I say, "That's that's right, Dad." But uh, I know I know you do, Dad, and and so it means a lot to me to have you guys, especially here with
2: us today.
3: Thank
0: you. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank
2: you, you so, so much. Happy to be here. Yes, we're very happy to be here. And um, should I take it from here, Steve? Is that is that the Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I,
0: I thought we'd chit chat a little bit, but let's have church. And I, I'd rather uh, uh, just hand it over to you guys. And uh, so I know you've got a message on your hearts. And also, you're going to take us through communion. And uh, please go yes. ahead and do that.
2: Okay. Well, first of all, I just wanna thank you guys um, for letting me and my queen, Yolanda, be here with you all this morning and this afternoon here in Atlanta. Um, Hello to everybody that's viewing from wherever you're viewing from around the world. I know people will view this after the fact of today and I thank you guys for checking in and viewing in. Um, Thank you guys for allowing us the chance to speak today and just to share our hearts To share communion is always extremely special. Um, Yolanda and I, for those that don't know, this is my queen, we've been together 30 (laughs) years. And my wife and I have uh, two children. One of them's in the next room, Zoe Renee. And um, we also have our son, Jaheed Thomas, who is in Savannah, Savannah, um, finishing up school. And because of the COVID-19 pandemic, he's finishing it up online. So um, we have been disciples for 24 years, yes, and um, disciples of Christ for 24 years. And before that, we were very Afrocentric. And what that basically means is emphasizing African culture. And my hopes and my wife's hopes, I believe, at the time, um, were really to see a revolution. Yeah. to see uh, which revolution for me means a fundamental change in society and in the world at whole. And so at that time, we were seeking God through Yoruba. And Yoruba is a West African ethnic group, actually, uh, mainly in Nigeria and in Benin, Africa. But it's also a religious system. And uh, many African-Americans in the 90s, when we were pursuing this Yoruba journey, uh, many African-Americans that we knew, and even now, gravitated towards that religious system of Yoruba because at the time we were yearning for an understanding and a connection of our ancestral spirituality. Uh, for many Afri- African-Americans historically and now, we, we thought critically about Christianity because whites historically had used Christianity and perverted it, unfortunately. As a means to subdue African slaves and to perpetuate um, this perpetual servitude attitude amongst black people, so a lot of us knew that Christianity had sort of been perverted, and we were looking for something else. And the transatlantic slave trade, which all of us that know about American history and, and world history know about that, it deeply obviously affected us of people from African descent. And so that lasting 400 years and enslaving tens of millions of our of our ancestors um and only having ended 154 years ago which is not that long that whole era really displaced us from any religions that we knew of from back home in our in our continent of africa and so we were trying to search for connections that had been divided and had been um you know taken from us during that whole journey of the slave trade so Yolanda and I were very curious about religion and trying to find our way and at that exact time God sent a woman into our life named Nisha. Now Nisha is a woman from Mississippi and she lived in Atlanta Georgia which is where Yolanda and I are at right now and also where we were in the 90s and Nisha was part of an arts ministry and It's an amazing thing, because she also was an artist herself, an amazing singer. And at that time period, you know, Steve and Lisa, you guys know this very well, a brother named Larry Salberg and his wife at the time, Jennifer, was encouraging people in that arts ministry to answer audition calls that were in the local newspaper. Here, it's the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And he was asking disciples in the arts ministry to reach out and audition for various, um, uh, you know, ads that were seeking singers or dancers or what have you and and actors. It was the arts ministry's way of... Implanting itself, instead of waiting for people to come through its doors, was implanting itself into the community of Atlanta through these auditions, yeah. and um, and so Nisha, she did that. She auditioned for me, and she was amazing as a singer, and it reminds me of that scripture uh, in the Bible that says uh, a man, or it really says a man who is great at what he does will not serve for just average men, but will serve for kings. And it's an Old Testament scripture. And Nisha was a great example of that as a woman. She was amazing at what she did. And she ended up touring the entire world with me. Well, while she was touring the world with me, she was also sharing her life
3: yeah,
2: and her faith. Well,
3: well I want to say one thing about Nisha was, Nisha was, well, at that at that time, Speech was at the height of his career, right? And
2: solo career, solo
3: career, and we had everything. We had, uh, we have an amazing home. We had cars, and
2: we had more money.
3: More, (laughs) more money, (laughs) and we, we didn't. We we literally had no worries, really. We spent our days just walking around our lake and you know, playing with our kids but we were so empty and so Nisha comes into our life and woman that her life seems like it's a mess she's running out of gas all the time she her car is breaking down all the time she doesn't have you know she's not paying her bills I mean she just is like this crazy woman right but I remember feeling like she has something that I need. Like she has a a peace and a lightness about her and a connection to God that the the religion that we were, you know, throwing ourselves into into Yoruba, it, it left me empty. And I was it just was so strange like to have everything and to watch this little girl <laughs> with nothing and want her life. It was it was incredible.
2: It was. And I, and I, I want to jump in on that because it's ironic that we're speaking right now for the Portland Church. Hello, Portland Church. And Steve and Lisa, Steve started these arts ministries in New York, thank if you. I'm not mistaken. And I thank you. I've always thanked yeah. you for that because the strategic opportunity to meet people where they are yeah. is why we became Christians. I don't think we would have become Christians otherwise.
3: We would not have.
2: Yeah, and And so after numerous um, Bible studies with the disciples in the church, a lot of fantastic and needed deep talks and some very sincere fellowship. Um, I was baptized and I immediately baptized my queen that same day on December 8th, 1996. And soon after we were baptized, Yolanda's mother, who was also met by a totally separate group of disciples, She was baptized. Then I and your father, Steve Les Johnson, studied the Bible Bible with with her father and baptized him soon after. And around 20 others were entered into the kingdom right after we were baptized from people that we met and knew in the world. Um, Over time, we've had various leadership positions in the church and we started our own church um, during some very turbulent times in the ICOC ministry, the, uh, the International Churches of Christ Ministries. Um, we started the GACC, which stood for Georgia Atlanta Church of Christ or something like that. Greater, <laughs> I greater. greater Atlanta, that's it, thank you. And, um, and so what's funny about that, again, these connections, Steve, um, you actually introduced me and my partner in that ministry, Mike Patterson. And I never knew Mike and you knew Mike and you knew me. You knew what we were both hoping to accomplish spiritually. And so you felt like it would be a great opportunity to connect us together. We did do that and we immediately fell in love with one another as brothers and wanted to start something exciting. But soon after that, another connection to the Portland Church and of course to you guys is your father. Les Johnson, would be our partner as well. So it was three men who at this time were leading this this new journey, the GACC, and that was myself, your father, Les Johnson, and Michael Patterson from New York, um, who now moved to Atlanta. And so my first point this morning or this afternoon is talking about bringing Jesus Christ to where the people are. And that's what, that's what inspired us. That is what enabled us to understand who God was. And I want to encourage us. So the scripture I want to bring up this morning is in Luke chapter 16, verse 8 through 10. And I'm reading from the New International Version, the NIV. And we did a whole conference on this concept called Shrewd here in Atlanta back in 2011. But I want to talk a little bit about, uh, starting in verse eight, about bringing Christ to where the people are at the time. And I think it has a lot of um, relatability to what we're going through during this pandemic as well. In verse eight, it says, the master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. And he says, the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are let me let me make this smaller. Oh wow, there's a lot I'm missing here. Um, okay, can I see it from here. Oh, this is fine now okay um, that are they're more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of the light. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it's gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. I look at that as not just financial wealth. But we have wealth in many ways and many things give us, uh, God gives us many, many attributes and qualities that give us wealth. And it says in the scripture that I tell you, use this various, uh, these various attributes or characteristics and wealth to influence people and gain friends for yourself so that when it's gone, you'll be able to be welcomed into eternal dwellings. And I think uh, immediately about, our conversion, which was through the arts ministry, which I think is very important, but I also think about this time that we're in now with the pandemic that's happening throughout the world and it's forced everyone to rely more heavily on the internet. And in our particular movement, I've met many disciples who were um, cold against getting on the internet too much for whatever reason, but this pandemic has Really changed everyone's tune about it. And there's a great opportunity for people throughout the world who are curious about Christianity and curious about seeing people really living it out, um, that they have an opportunity to connect with us, even if they're not in Portland, even if they're not in Atlanta, wherever they are, they could be all the way in New Zealand and have an opportunity to witness and feel the the love and the togetherness that happens throughout the kingdom of Christ. So I I think that this is a great opportunity, and it's also an opportunity. And I I I thought about this as we've lived our lives. There was a time period when Mike Patterson and I went to Milwaukee, which is where I was born and raised, and we were helping the Milwaukee church, who at the time was not doing too well. It was Um, struggling in its own spiritual health, but it was also struggling with meeting and converting, winning new people. So the church had sort of gotten old. And one of the things Mike and I challenged the church to do at the time was to go into the hood. Uh, Many of our churches at that time were primarily congregating in the suburbs, in Milwaukee in particular, those that are viewing from the Wisconsin area, you'll know what I'm saying. They were congregated in Brown Deer, a very nice um, uh, suburb of Milwaukee, beautiful area, and many people that were in the hood were not able to um, attend because the buses didn't go out there. And so one of the things we were encouraging the church to do was, let's go to them. And so we went out to um, the poor neighborhoods of Milwaukee and Not to our surprise, they were were extremely excited and fired up to to hear the gospel of Christ and to meet people who were living out the gospel in uh, ways that were deeply inspiring to them. And so, long story short, literally the most fruit that the Wisconsin church or the Milwaukee church had seen in years started pouring through the door. And that was just another example of bringing Jesus Christ to where the people are. And I thought that that was really inspiring. And it's always stayed in my heart as a tool for all of us. And the second scripture I wanted to give for the same point is 1 Corinthians chapter 9. It's verses 19 through 23. And it says, though I am free and though I belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew, to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but I'm under under Christ's law to win those not having the law. And so my my feeling is, is during this pandemic, whatever our reality has been, for us, it's been a joy. We have had, thank God, healthy. My parents are in their 80s. Yolanda's parents are in their 70s. Both sets of parents are doing great. Um, They've not had any effects and they've been able to distance themselves and keep themselves safe. But we know so many, as you were explaining earlier, Steve, and Lisa that are not as fortunate and have had some serious steps. And I have friends that have been through that. Uh, This pandemic gives us a unique opportunity to share the love and also the ultimate mission of Jesus Christ to those who are hurting or afraid in this time, which many, many are. And it also gives us an opportunity to reach those that are not hurting, but have a lot more free time to study the scriptures like I was able to study and Yolanda was when we were first um, learning about God. Some real meaty times of studying the scriptures with one another thoroughly. And I think that's important. Um, Part two or point two of what I wanted to share this morning is as disciples of Christ, uh, there's sometimes troubles in paradise. (laughs) And in our journey, we have definitely had that. We've felt a sense of paradise, a sense of just mountaintop highs as being believers. And there's times when there's extreme lows as being believers. And as disciples of Christ, we are all individually building God's house and we're individually that house, but we're also collectively as a church, uh, the ecclesia, we are also that house. So there's sometimes perfect storms that come. And for Yolanda and I, That perfect storm came when the church that I described that I was helping to lead with Les Johnson and Mike Patterson, we started to run into challenges within the leadership group that at that point had grown much bigger than the three that I mentioned earlier. And we started to have problems with um, vision and where the church should go. And so after we had those problems, Yolanda and I decided to leave the church that we had helped start. And that was obviously a perfect set of storm situations that would create that reason for us leaving. And I don't need to go into it. I'm sure each one of you that's listening this morning or afternoon for you um, will have your own set of storms that you've had to face. And for us, it was various things in the leadership group. But there was also some things that happened that relate to a, what a, a lot of what I shared earlier in, in my testimony earlier today with racism Um, in our country. There was this increasing um, sort of show of racism. Uh, If you remember in 2008, I believe, um, we had our first black president, President uh, Barack Obama. And at that time, if you recall, the racism because of the first black president being elected in this country had skyrocketed in numerous uh, the division that was underlined within our country started to bubble up towards the top, and if you also remember the beginnings of technology with our little smartphones and and our tablets and stuff like this that we had around us all the time, brought about a new reality of police brutality being shown on camera, which we historically had never been able to see as much as we had seen at this time period. I'm sure this, as I speak about this, some of you remember this era of time when almost every week, there was a new police brutality taping arising. Or even more so, or even worse, police killings mm-hmm. of innocent Black men and women who, you know, it was shaking up the the core of our nation um, collectively. We were all on one side of the fence or in the middle, but it was definitely a tough time for so many people in our nation. And it definitely was for my wife and I who have a five foot ten, dark skinned young African American male growing up in our home, who is tall, beautiful actually, handsome <laughs> as ever. <laughs> Takes after his mother. Amen. Yes. Yes. I know. No, not ta- yeah, not handsome. Gorgeous. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> beautiful. Handsome for me. He's
3: handsome. For yes, yes.
2: Thank you. So, growing up with this young man this tall young man um, knowing the sort of bias that was going on during that time it was an extremely scary time for us yeah. every time our son would leave the house not just the normal prayers of of safety but some fear because um, if you could imagine feeling targeted like many of our brothers and sisters are in certain other countries who practice this faith it was an extra amount of stress. Yeah. And then, ushered right after the Obama presidency was over and all of those police brutality and killings were happening, we entered this Trump era where the division, in my opinion and what I see, is even more heightened. And so, again, this perfect storm of situations that have happened left us feeling pretty lost and not necessarily understanding how to connect within the brotherhood of disciples around the world, many of us have different views and many of us have different backgrounds and therefore worldviews and filters that we think through and live through. And so having these deep conversations were many times finding themselves hard to do. Um, And so it was very tough. And so the scripture I wanted to read is Matthew chapter seven, verse 24. When there's troubles in paradise and when there's perfect storms that happen in our lives, This scripture helps me a lot, and it starts in verse 24. It says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And in verse 25, it says, the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew, and beat against that house, yet did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But whoever hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a a foolish man who built his house on sand. Again, the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. And I can't but think about those terms, the rain came, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. I think what we all can ponder on and think about and pray pray through this, this morning or afternoon is will you stand despite the challenges or will you fall because of them? Because the challenges will indeed come. And so I think we can take communion with the thought of Remembering our foundation, building it solely on Christ Jesus, no additives, no filters, just Christ, and allowing that to be what makes us stand. And also to take Jesus to where the people actually are. I think that's so important as we are in a time when people are in different positions right now, either hurting. Maybe relaxing more than ever, but all of us are having to be online a lot more. And I think there's an opportunity for us to reach more people with great, sincere, foundational Christianity and teachings. So, with that, we could take communion together and I'll say a prayer and we'll take the bread. Heavenly Father, thank you for your kingdom. We pray that your kingdom will become more strong, that your kingdom will become more agile, able to reach out to the people who are in desperate need throughout this nation, throughout our cities, and throughout the world. We have a great opportunity, Father, that you've given us to reach people with no boundaries, really. Mm -hmm. Anyone that's online, if we are shrewd enough, and if we think more like the people of the world in this aspect and become more shrewd like that, we can reach out to people more than we usually do as people of the light. We can take this opportunity and grab it by the horns of a sense and reach out to people because people are in desperate situations and they're seeking something real, something tangible, and something practical that they can do in their lives to change their lives, just like my queen and I were when we used to practice Yoruba and felt very empty. Father, we pray that this bread, will remind us of the sacrifice that your son made for us to have these opportunities. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's Amen. take the bread. Amen. Um, We want to now take this opportunity to take the blood or the fruit of the vine, which represents the blood of Christ. And we want to pray for that as well. And so we'll do that now. And then I'll pray. Dear Heavenly Father, We wanna pray to you as well for the blood of Jesus to be in our hearts, to understand the sacrifice that he has made in our lives, that we will understand how much we can change because of this blood, how much we have changed because of this blood and be grateful for it, but also to remember that there are so many people that yearn to have that transformation, that are yearning for the peace that comes through you. God, help us to be compassionate, to be um, sacrificial and willing to step out of our comfort zones and to become more like your son as he went from town to town and city to city to reach out to those that were in desperate need. We love you and we pray this in your son's name, Jesus Christ,
1: Amen. amen.
2: Amen. Well, I thank you guys for allowing us to speak this morning, my <laughs> queen and I. And uh, Steve and Lisa, we love you guys so much. Um, you know how we felt about Les.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, Les literally um, was one of the most, and I mean this sincerely, I don't say this about everyone, one of the most men of humility, of deep integrity, yeah. and of amazing inner joy. And so he always had his little notebook ready to write down people's numbers, write down meetings that he was going to have with people, and always devoted his life to try to save as many as possible. And so I'm very grateful for his life. And it's amazing that during this particular time when he's just passing, that we would be able to share with you all. So it's just very special. And I think it's a godsend. Yeah. So thank you so much for allowing us to share today.
3: We love you guys so much. And one of the things that I did want to say about Les was that he was, he was someone that I I always knew that I could go to where he would have the perfect scripture. Like he always knew, I mean, he knew the Bible backwards and forwards. And another thing that I really loved about him was how much he loved you. And he got your brain. (laughs) so whenever I had any issues talking to Les was very helpful yeah and so we we mourn with you with your loss and it it is a a great loss but I do know that he is in a better place and we do yeah we're just happy that we've had the opportunity to know him very much and love him yeah yeah
0: thank you and uh, thank you so much for being here and uh for being there for my folks so many times uh, through the years. And if you can hang around with us for just a few more minutes before we close. Uh, I know Anthony wanted to share something and then then I'd like to say something to you guys again, but this just means uh, so much to have you here. Uh, I love your dogs, loved loved everything, and it just makes me wanna, you know. (laughs) Come here, come here, here, give me a hug. Anthony, go ahead.
4: Yeah, thanks, Steve. Well, good morning, everybody. Um, I do want to say, first of all, thank you so much to Speech and Yolanda. I was uh, out of town the last time, I think, Speech, and you were in town speaking, and so all I heard about was all the amazing things that you guys shared, but I didn't actually get a little taste of it myself, so I'm I'm glad that I got a little bit of it today. Um, You guys are amazing, so thank you so much for that. it, it kind of reminds me of something that we uh, talked about uh, maybe two days ago. We had this big Northwest Devo. Um, before I get into that, I, I want to uh, kind of share my admiration for you and um, and as well as Nisha um, and what you shared about her. You know, I can imagine all the times where it would be hard to, to continue letting that light shine, you know, the light of God and, and maybe be easy to kind of crumble. Uh, similar to that last scripture that you shared um i can imagine Nisha's place you know if i was in that place i don't know if i was with you and you was a big hot shot height of your solo career and then i was in there i don't know i, I would have a hard time you know you guys have everything i would have, I'd be struggling with envy and you know but i think it's very admirable that nisha didn't let that kind of squander that light or put a bowl over that light and she was able to let it shine and you can kind of see the chain reaction right you guys became disciples and so many other be people became disciples. You were able to do amazing things all because somebody, you know, let their light shine. And, um, even through times of diversity adversity, excuse me, with, um, you know, leadership in, in the Atlanta church, as well as, you know, um, having to kind of maneuver, um, sketchy race, uh, issues with racism that you expressed, you know, it's, it's very admirable that you continue to, to move on and, um, let your light shine and, <laughs> The uh, scripture um, that it made me think about again um, is in Isaiah 60, uh, verse 1. It says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. And in verse 2 it says, See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. And, um, I, I think that scripture goes pretty well in hand with some of the things that you shared, you know, because so often in our lives, especially now in this time kind of pandemic, you know, it's easy to view this as a very dark time, right, a very uh, hard time. But with all the things that you shared, all the adversity that you went through, and you, you were still letting your light shine, I think it just paints the the picture that as disciples of Christ, as children of God, we always have that capability to let our light shine and do amazing things for God and love people and find new ways to bring people um, into the kingdom. So uh, I want to thank you for for everything uh, that you shared. I'm excited to kind of go on. You kind of, you know, give me a bit of energy. I'm not one to really like Use the internet a whole lot. Uh, at, I know it's at my disposal, but I don't want to use it a whole lot other than maybe making announcements or something. But um, you, as well as some other people and what they've shared, have, have kind of uh, inspired me or maybe convicted me to try to get on social media or use the internet a little bit more to see how we can use that to, to build up God's kingdom. So thank you for all that you've shared. Um, it's amazing uh, just to see all the things that you've been able to do as a disciple. I think it it's uh, encouraging, especially if I can speak for the younger folks, just how much you can do in your lifetime if you just live according to the scripture and if you face adversity um, with the mindset of Jesus and trying to let your light shine. So, um, thank you very much for, for what you shared, and uh, I'm looking forward to moving on and uh, letting our light shine. And, um, I want to mention one last thing, uh, just some, some good news from around the Northwest. I, I hope this is encouraging for everybody that's able to hear it. Um, like I mentioned, this uh, Friday, we had a Northwest Singles Young Professionals Devo, and Um, I was able to share some of the good news going on, and so because I was in that kind of spot, everybody was shooting me all these things about the good things that their ministries were doing, and I know as as the Portland congregation, I mean, with our Facebook page, you guys are aware of some of the things that are are going on here, but I want to share about some of the things that um, other congregations in the Northwest are doing, and uh, for instance, in in Ashland, um, the singles there, they're uh, still reaching out. They're sharing their faith. They're doing amazing things for congregation, running groceries. I, I heard they even have like a rap video coming out. So I think they're the, the next competition for uh, Kanye, who seemingly created Christian hip-hop, right? Um, so he's got a little competition there. Um, and then up in uh, Tacoma, you know, they started a new women's Bible study. They have uh, They quickly grew to 17 people, and they're still getting a ton of people that are, um, flooding into their Zoom meetings, and they, uh, they're studying out women in the Bible and uh, how they can either replicate that or, or use these stories to go closer to God. And so they're, they're extremely pumped up just to see how they have been able to continue reaching out in this pandemic where, um, you know, social distancing is a thing, but you're still able to connect, you know, and get the word out about Jesus. And um, even further up north there in Seattle, Uh, one thing that they uh, started that I thought was really cool is they, they call it the Barnabas fund and the Barnabas fund is um, this fund where it's, it's a pool of money to help people reach financial stability should they need it in this time. For instance, people that um, either lost their jobs or aren't even going to pay for rent or, or even um, they've been um, providing people who have children, especially young children with diapers and baby formula um, and stuff like that. So, and then even, uh, you know, we, we really got the all of the Northwest, you know, even Alaska was in there and they mentioned to me that, um, you know, they have become a mainstay uh, kind of organization in the community for uh, feeding hundreds of people each week um, just with their own uh, congregation. And they, they're even building um, things for families that, that they need, for instance, like uh, um, ramps for wheelchair access to houses. So... Crazy cool things are going on in the Northwest, and um, I just wanted to share that because even in this time where we're restricted to social distancing, I think it's good to remember that we're not restricted to um, not having any social impact. I think as disciples, or even just as people on this earth in general, there's always a way to, to serve and to help people. And uh, now is a time more than ever to really let our light shine, especially in this upcoming week. And so, again, I want to thank you, um, Speech, and and Yolanda for what you shared. Um, Again, kind of reinforcing the fact that if we just let our light shine, you know, God's going to take care of the rest. He's going to do amazing things, not only for those inside the kingdom, but for those that are around us as well. So thank you again. Um, Appreciate you guys. And uh, I guess I'll turn it over to Steve now. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Anthony. And uh, again, speaking of that, thanks for being here. Um, I get you know every time I hang out with you, I get an idea or ideas. And uh, i I'm, I'm still praying about some things we talked about the other day. But uh, I don't know how long. No one knows really how long or how much this is going to change uh, the way people interact. Uh, but I sure hope this means that you and I are going to get to see each other. A bit more than we've seen each other. You, you are, you're not, you're not just a brother, uh, and you're not just a friend. You are uh, an impactful preacher, and uh, you know when I was listening to the things that you were sharing, uh, especially when you got into, oh, Obama and Trump and police and things like this. These, these are issues that some people would call thorny issues, but it just, it occurred to me that thorny issues are very often issues that make somebody uncomfortable. Yeah. And, uh, and we need to, and, and very often a thorny issue for me is drawing blood on somebody else. You know, it's, it's hurting someone else, maybe where it might be something uncomfortable. And one of the things I, I like about you, one of the things I know about you is uh, you know in our congregation, I I bet we had a couple of people that maybe cringed, thinking, "Where's it going to go with this? What's he going to say?" I know for a fact we have a lot of people that were saying, "Say more, say more," <laughs> and I don't think these have to be causes of division. Right. I think I think maybe and maybe this is where I don't know where this uh, where this comes into play. Uh, maybe we can talk more about it here and, and, and listen to one another. I I know a lot of these things are discussed by talking heads on television and people, you know, that yell at their TVs, yell at that one and, you know, disagree with it from that. But as brothers in Christ, I, I, a theme that I've, that I've just wished we all could latch onto is when one part of the body hurts, we all hurt. And, uh, you know, it, it might even be we don't know why that part of the Bible, I don't know what's wrong with, what's wrong with you? It's good for me. What? What? what why why aren't, are you not having a good, you know? But if I would do what James said and, and be quick to listen and slow to speak, then uh, even if we never totally agree to know, oh, oh, that's how you feel. That's how you think. I didn't know that. I know there's an awful lot of people, uh, and me, I, I'm, I'm late. I'm, it seems like I'm late to the party on almost any issue that's ever brought up. But I try to get to the party. I try to, I try to, <laughs> everybody else may be hey, I, you know, I'm here. But uh, I, I know that we need to make an effort to talk and to pray with each other. Yeah. And when, I, I, I want to finish the sentence I started about five minutes ago. I know you can stir up a ruckus with folks sometimes, but you are one of the most kind and willing to talk until the cows come home kind of mm-hmm. guys. Yep.
1: and
0: true. that's what we need. That we is- need people who are patient and will say, "Okay, if we don't finish this, I got to go to bed now. Let's take it up tomorrow." You know, let's let's talk. Yep. And uh, that's what I that's 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 one of the many things I dig about you. So maybe we just need to start an internet church here.
2: That's exactly and, uh, right.
0: And I'll be your, I'll be your, I'll be your old man. I don't know. <laughs> but but I, and I wanted to say, since we got some, you know, we're trying different things. I want to back up to Anthony for a second before we're going to go. In. Last week, we did a, a Zoom where we opened it up for our whole congregation and a whole lot of people came. But then I got a lot of responses from people that they'd rather just watch it on live stream. And then I get some responses from people. I don't, I'm not on Facebook. It takes us a little bit longer to upload, download, upload, whatever to get it to our, our, Mm -hmm. our site. Uh, But Anthony, Mm -hmm. uh, so I just wanted to tell all of our brothers and sisters, we're, we're trying to do everything to pull, to pull people in and to hear, do you, uh, do you want to be here in Zoom or would you rather watch it live stream? But Anthony, you mentioned something a while ago about Tacoma starting a group, and more and more people were joining their Zoom. Do you have any details about how they're doing that?
4: Um, I think a lot of it just came from grassroots. Marquita Marks is the one that was talking to me about it, and so I can talk to her to get some more details, but um, they had been sharing their Bible talk on Meetup still, and just posting the Zoom meeting and the info, and um, what they were going to talk about and so um, people would see the meetup invite and just hop on uh, whenever it started but um, they were still you know texting all the other friends and coworkers that they're reaching out to and, and getting the invite out there as well so um, and i'm sure they were posting it on their facebook um, page as well so using all forms of social media to get essentially just get the zoom meeting and the info out there and see if people will kind of latch on and they did
0: yeah well, we had, uh, I had a lot of fun week before last doing the Brothers Show. I know a week before that, Lisa was doing the Women's Devotionals. Uh, this last week with, with Dad's passing, I sort of, I had some other things come up, and I decided to just sort of take a week and, and see where we're going with some of these things. But uh, I, would, I would love any ideas that anybody has about how you think we can do the services better. That, that we have the means to do, uh, one of the wonderful things right now is you can go to church almost anywhere uh, in our fellowship, well, anywhere, but in our fellowship in particular, there's church services online everywhere, uh, so, you know, one of the, one of the, the favorite scenes, uh, down in uh, uh, Bay Area, and they just do a phenomenal job, so uh, any suggestions or ideas that people have, please send them our way. Uh, this next week, we're going to be doing a, a couple of, of things online that we'll share about more uh, as time goes by, but, uh, but anyway, that's just me getting to, to talk to everybody for a second. But again, uh, speech and Yolanda, uh, thank you so much for being here. Uh, for always hanging in there with us love we love
3: you guys so much you, love you, you, you mean
0: so much to our family and i know the disciples here love you uh they want you to come back
3: yes
0: uh they want you to mr wendell at least one more time you know i i, know you, I don't know how many times you've done that now uh, a zillion but uh, and every and anything else you, you'd want to do but uh we love you very very much if you could hang around for a few minutes we'll go ahead and close the service with a prayer and then carl will play us out but if you guys would hang out just for one more second uh, when uh, Jenna tells us we're not uh, going live. But first, we'll pray, and Carl will play, and then Jenna, you'll uh, you'll say goodbye on live stream, and we'll chat for just a second, say goodbye to everybody. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, Lord, thank you so much for how you always bless us. Uh, Father, I just thank you for my dad, uh, for my mom and my dad, and just for all of their... Uh, years and years and years and years of wanting to put you first and trying to seek first the kingdom. And like speech said, you know, the storms that would come and the things that uh, the things that they rode through, I appreciate you for their influence and for their love for you and for others. And just especially uh, the way that they've been able to, to tie uh, so many knots that bind uh, different hearts together. Uh, Hearts that even sometimes storms can, can, can tear us apart for a little while and then pull us back together. So, Father, I pray that as a result of us being here together today, we've come closer to you and closer to each other. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Keep yourselves in the love of the Lord, everybody. You're listening to audio from the Portland Church. If you would like to check out more resources or donate to our ministry, please visit www.portlandchurch.org.